0: Just $49.99 a month for 12 months. Visit spectrum.com slash big deal for full details. Offer
2: subject to change. Valid for qualified residential customers only. Service not available in all areas. Restrictions apply. Welcome to Car Stuff, a production of iHeartRadio's How Stuff Works. Hi and welcome to Car Stuff. I'm Scott Benjamin and uh, today we are going to talk about something that I have found kind of interesting over the last several years. Well, I've been vacationing. I I vacation a lot. I go all over the place, myself and my wife and my daughter. We travel quite a bit. And, you know, within the United States, outside of the United States, it's a little bit of everything. But here in the United States, I found that a lot of the southern destinations that we go to, you know, someplace uh, in Florida, maybe along the Gulf Coast or even the Southwest, I have found that a lot of places offer the ability for people to use golf carts everywhere they go. So I'm going to talk a little bit about golf cart communities today and the, the legality, I guess, of being able to ride on a golf cart, drive a golf cart on a city street. And there's there's more to it than you might think. It's not just a matter of taking any old golf cart and being able to drive it on the street. There are ways that you have to license these things to make them street legal and you have to conform to the local laws and what they will allow, what they won't allow. But there's more to it than even just that. There's other vehicles that you can get that are not golf carts that are still legal on streets. And we'll go through all these, I promise. But uh, we're going to talk about the differences between a low-speed vehicle and a golf cart, because low-speed vehicles are something entirely different than golf carts, or maybe not entirely, but similar, different in other ways. We'll, we'll talk about those differences and some of the, the rules of the road, I guess, You know, for golf cart owners and, and what they're allowed to do, what they're not allowed to do, and, uh, and why and talk about licensing, of course, as we mentioned earlier. And, uh, and I do want to talk a little bit about customization and being able to kind of personalize these things, make them your own so that it's not something that is just strictly for carrying golf bags on a golf cart. It's, uh, it's something more of a utility vehicle for you and your family if you happen to live in or near or around one of these communities or you're just visiting and you want to make use of one of those. So there's actually quite a bit to this. I didn't really think there was going to be a whole lot until I started digging into it, but it's actually very popular, in in fact, in lots of places. And the reason, I mean, one of the main reasons, I guess, is that people really enjoy these is, well, maybe the first thing we should say is that they're just a lot of fun to drive. I don't know if you've ever been on a golf cart, but there's something about it. It's really kind of a cool little vehicle. I know that there are gasoline-powered golf carts, but what we're going to be talking about today is electric golf carts. A lot of communities only allow electric golf carts, and that's uh, probably mostly due to emissions and ease of being able to charge them versus having to go to a gas station to fill them up, et cetera. So it just makes a lot of sense. But they're also very simple to maintain. You know, they're not like a as complicated as an automobile would be. They're very convenient. It's easy to get in and just turn the key and go. Just about anybody can drive them. And we'll talk about, again, the licensing requirements, but you don't necessarily have to be a licensed automobile driver in order to drive a golf cart. In fact, I think in some communities, People as low as fourteen can drive uh, golf carts. They're just fun to own or easily customized. You can do just about anything with them that you want. And uh, there's a little bit of golf cart shaming going on. You know, if you don't have it customized, if you don't, if you don't, you know, have the lift kit that everybody else has, or the, the custom wheels, or. You know, the, uh, I don't know, the uh, the fancy paint job, you know, whatever the customization happens to be. But a lot of people kind of uh, give you the stink eye, I guess, if you don't have what they have. It's not up to their standards, you know. So, yeah, there's a little bit of that going on. But the customization is another thing entirely we'll talk about as we get to it. But one other thing I want to point out here before we go into some golf cart communities, i would talk about just a few of the most popular communities around. Not all of them, of course, because there are countless communities now at this point, but some of the more popular communities. Some of these that I'm going to list are 55 and up, so they're senior living communities, you know that. Uh, and 55, I don't know. I'm having trouble classifying 55 as a senior these days. I mean, I'm getting closer to that myself, and I don't want to uh, don't want to call 55 a senior, but. Uh, They do call them senior living spaces, and of course, you have to be 55 or older, and there's laws about or rules in these communities about who can visit and for how long and, you know, if they're actual residents or not residents, et cetera. So you have to look into those for yourself and and figure out exactly what's allowed in each of these communities. But I guess I I think we should probably just jump right in and start talking about some of these communities and what they offer, really, and and the benefit to some of these. You might think, well, why would you ever want to drive just a golf cart instead of an an automobile? A lot of them, a lot, you know, these communities do allow you to still have a, in fact, all of these communities still allow you to have a regular standard automobile. You, you can still park your car in the garage, but you park your golf cart next to it or outside for charging or whatever, because they understand that, you know, you're not going to be on the property 100% of the time. You're going to have to leave the property at some point. You're going to have to go traveling or, you know, visit family or whatever it is, whatever the case may be, or something that's simply just off the property, a home improvement store, whatever. They do realize that there's still a need for, A standard automobile, but when you're on the property, the idea is that you're able to access everything with your golf cart, which is really kind of a cool idea. You know, they have special golf cart parking for these places, and you can go to the movie theater. You can go to doctors even. You can go to restaurants. You can go to grocery stores. You can go to anything that you can access in a normal community with your automobile. You could access in these golf cart communities with your golf cart, and that's the benefit: is that you really don't need to drive a standard automobile anymore if you don't want to. If you don't have to leave the property for one of those like specialty stores or something like that, then uh, then literally you could drive this every day of the year and still be fine. Some of them are, are weatherproofed, of course. You can buy you know coverings, you know, with uh, zip up awnings, almost like you would find on. Uh, I guess like the soft windows that you would have on a convertible, something like that. You know, that you're able to uh, make it a little more weatherproof. So if it's raining, you're able to do that. So again, you could you could drive these every day of the year if you wanted to. And typically they're in these warmer areas. So you're not going to worry about snow. You're not going to worry about ice and things like that. So these are great places to go and live if you have the means. And if you find this kind of lifestyle or this this kind of living interesting. Number one on the list, this won't surprise too many people, is the villages. Now, the Villages is a 55 and over community, so this is a community for seniors, really. And it has something, the Villages, this is unbelievable. They have 100 miles of golf cart-only trails and roads within the Villages. Now, I know the Villages is an enormous facility, huge, huge place. They've got multiple fire stations and shopping communities and, and you know, whatever, you know, activities for everybody. They have 150,000 residents and, and still growing. I didn't know that this place was still growing, but 150,000 Residents there. They have grocery stores, restaurants, clothing stores, boutiques, doctor's offices, you know, the post offices. They've got just about everything that you want. Of course, part of these communities, you know, so that you can use and operate a golf cart all the time if you want to. Part of this is that they they have golf cart dealerships right there on the property, and you're able to go to these dealerships. You can drive in. You can see on-site mechanics for whatever you need. You know, you can get tune-ups. You can get golf cart customization parts, you know, as we'll, as we'll talk about. You know what? Let's just take a moment just to talk about golf cart customization right now because I don't know where it's going to really fit in, so let's uh, let's just do it now. Um, but you can get, like, custom wheels like you could for any other automobile. They're a lot smaller, of course, and they're going to be fitted for the golf cart, obviously. They're going to be the right sizes and shapes. And the right types of tires. The other thing is, you can get custom bodies. Everything you can get for a car, really, you can buy a body kit for these things. So you can make your little golf cart look like a Humvee if you want to. You can make it look like a, a hot rod of of any kind that you want. You know, these are just fiberglass body kits that you can buy to install, take off the old body kit, or even add on to the body kit that you've already or the body that you've already got. Um, you can buy stereos. You can buy custom seats. You can buy just just about anything. especially horns. Uh, Whatever you want, it's really, if you've never been to a golf cart customization webpage, uh, maybe you should check that out. Just do a quick, simple, you know, word search and and find out exactly what's out there. But you will be blown away if you you haven't already seen these on the road or, you know, in some of these communities. When you look at what they do have available, you'll be amazed. It's unreal, the number of features and options and, you know, lift kits and things like that that they offer. It's just things you would never think would be... Uh, something that you'd you'd ever want on a golf cart. But I guess if that's your only vehicle and it's something that you really want to make your own, that's exactly the reason why people do this. And it's the same thing with cars. You know, people love to do that type of thing to their cars too. So uh, I guess it all kind of makes sense, right? Oh, you know, one other thing, the Villages. I, this is another interesting thing, and it's it, I guess it's worth a couple of minutes of time to look at. <laughs> I wouldn't spend too much more time than this, but the Villages has something they call the, um, well, they have like a precision drill team that operates on a uh, it looks like it's a soccer field maybe or a polo field i think is what it is what it is really precision driving so it's uh, <laughs> i know it's it's hard it's hard to imagine precision driving in a golf cart but uh it's kind of interesting the ones the videos that i've seen of this precision driving group and it looks like it's about a dozen people that do this it's out on again this great big green field it's set to patriotic band music um as if there was a marching band playing or something and uh, over the loudspeakers, and they get into several formations. They'll drive, you know, toward each other and just miss each other as they pass. It's you know what it reminds me of. It reminds me a lot of the routines that the Shriners do uh, in their small cars when they're in parades. It's a lot like that. Only imagine this on a happening on a big field, and it's kind of interesting. I guess it would be fun to do or fun to be part of a, a group like that if you were so inclined to do something like that. <laughs> um, it's it's very slow speed, of course, and you know, precision. I don't know. Um, Watch it and you'll see what I mean. It's not exactly precision, but they're not bad. They're not bad for, uh, you know, a bunch of guys getting together with the golf carts and, and trying their best to stay in sync. But it's a it's a lot of fun. So Maybe you want to check that out again. That said that's happening at the villages. And I don't know if they still operate or not. These videos are from a few years ago. So uh, maybe they do. Maybe they don't. I'm not sure. But it would it would might be uh, might be a little bit of fun to be in something like that. And just in case you were confused about where the villages are, are located, it's in northern Florida, because I, I think there might be other communities that call themselves the villages, but the one that we're thinking of in this particular case is in northern Florida. I think it's just outside of Orlando, as a matter of fact. I drive through there on the way to Orlando to get to you know Disney World and you know, things like that. The next one I'm going to talk about is in Georgia, and this, this community is called Peachtree City, Georgia, and this one's unique in that it is all ages. Again, you don't have to be a licensed driver in order to operate a golf cart on these streets in these communities. 14 is the is the age limit, however. And even though these are low-speed vehicles, some people have modified their golf carts to go quite a bit faster than the 20 or 25-mile-an-hour limit because we're going to talk about the differences between low-speed vehicles and golf carts in just a minute. But one of the requirements is that it goes between 20 and 25 miles per hour. I know that. And these uh, some some people have a few tricks up their sleeve. They go a little a little faster than, than 25. Now, in this Peachtree City, Georgia, I guess there's a lot of different things. It has a lot for young families, unlike some of the other communities that are 55 and up. So they'll have things like, not that older communities can't have this type of thing, but they have activities for kids. They have, you know, ice cream parlors and movie theaters and parks and, you know, things like that. So it's just a little bit different in that case in that they're trying to attract people of all ages. And of course, there's one thing that I write about here that they do, and most of these communities will do this, they have an annual 4th of July parade where people decorate their golf carts in, I guess, very patriotic ways, you know, with banners and signs and and balloons and, you know, whatever. And there's access to restaurants and clothing shops and grocery stores and doctor's offices and all that. So, again, this is very typical of what you would find in a golf cart community. The next one I want to mention here is Laguna Beach, California. Now, Laguna Beach, this is uh, this is interesting. This is a huge place. Now, it has 3.8 square miles of open hillside, and, of course, it's a 55 and over community, so it's, a, again, another retirement community or so-called retirement community. But this is a big place. There are cart-designated pass and crossings that are all around this community that has 12,000 homes, 12,000. So it's a huge huge community. I mean, this is near the size of the villages, I think. It's it's close to that one in Florida. But again, this one is uh, Laguna Beach, California. And of course, you know, they have services, amenities, activities. They have oh, another big thing that we haven't really talked about here is uh, social activities. And that's pretty important when you get to retirement age and you kind of don't know what to do with yourself anymore. You know, you got you to have some hobbies. You got to have some things to do. You would think that, you know, golf would be a big activity for a lot of these people in these golf cart communities, but that's not necessarily the case for everybody. You don't have to play golf. You can do just about anything that you want, though. There's clubs and, so, again, social activities for just about everyone. And, of course, electric golf carts are especially popular in, uh, in this California community, as they are in just about any other one, really. Um, I'm going to talk next about one that is in Arizona. And uh, there's a couple of them actually here. You know what? This one in Arizona that I'm going to mention is supposedly, I'll have to check this out, I mean, they claim to be the first and original golf cart community in the United States. And it's in Sun City, Arizona, and it's what they call an adult-only community. It's, again, 55 and up, I would guess. Uh, it doesn't specifically say 55 and up, but it's called an adult community, so I would guess so. Uh, this one was built by a guy named Del Webb in 1960. So uh, this one's going way, way back. It's, uh, what I guess, would be almost 60 years old at this point. So it's uh, it's been around for a long, long time. These places, of course, they have, um, as they mentioned here, and this is, Again, this is with most of these places now, but they do have specially designed garages that can give you, you know, the opportunity to hold both your standard car and your golf cart as well as charging stations for them, you know, along the way, you'll find that mostly the people that live in these communities do use their golf cart far more than they do their standard vehicle. So, you know, there's a lot to do to make a golf cart street legal. And we'll talk about that too in just a moment. But again, this one, the Sun City, Arizona place claims to be the first and original golf cart community in the United States. The next one that I want to talk about, this is another retirement community, and this is actually the last one. And I know that there's probably dozens, if not maybe a hundred more of these that we could talk about. Ocala, Florida. That that's the northern part of Florida. Again, it's another retirement community and very highly rated. And it's one of the 50 best master plan communities in the United States. It's like one of the top or premier retirement communities in, in the United States. These master plan communities, that's exactly what we're talking about, you know, where everything is accessible. The doctors, the restaurants, whatever you need is accessible by go-kart. Or I keep saying go-kart, golf cart. <laughs> another big place, though, it's a, it's another 10,000 plus home community. So it's a big, big place. They have three 18-hole golf courses. So if that is your kind of thing, if that is your relaxation, that's what that's what you want to do. It's right there. They have, oh, and you know one interesting thing that this place has? They have an RC flying field, which I think is really cool. It's a field that if you're into the uh, remote-controlled hobby of flying airplanes, they have a place that you can do that. And there's a photo here of people with some large-scale RC planes, and I'm sure that everyone is welcome. We've talked about this in the past on Car Stuff, these RC hobbyists and park jets and things like that that you can fly either electric or gas or, you know, whatever, but they have one of these RC fields right here on this property, and it's a fun, safe place to be able to fly your airplane. Even some of these things are either they get so big that, I know it's a little bit off topic, but some of these things get so big that um, they do require you to let the local airports know that you're flying them on the day that you're flying them, and you have to be licensed in order to fly them, because they're large enough to cause some damage if they crash. You know, if it was to hit a home or person or anything like that, you have to be licensed and insured and all that. So it's kind of, it was actually a very serious hobby for a lot of people. Other people, it's just a lot of fun, and uh, I think this is one of the social activities that you can do while you're there. You know, head out to the RC field and and have a good time. But again, if you're dining out or if you're just going to the movies or or whatever, it seems like this place is on top of the world community in in Oklahoma. Florida, is, uh, is one of those places that is a kind of a cool place to live, I guess, if you're into this kind of thing. You know, I want to get into, um, you know, some of the rules of the road and, you know, some of the differences between golf carts and, and low-speed vehicles. And, and we're going to do that. But first, I want to take a break.
1: If you use paper, you're a human. But if you choose paper, you're a papertarian because paper comes from trees, a renewable and sustainably managed resource. And paper products are designed to be recycled. In fact, when you choose products that come in paper-based packaging, those fibers can go on to be recycled up to seven times. So why wouldn't you go Papertarian? I'll wait. Learn
0: more at howlifeunfolds.com slash You know, everybody has their own wellness routine, their own approach to a healthy lifestyle. A lot of the most successful ones include herbs like ginger root, ashwagandha, and so many others. Nature's Way has been sourcing herbs like those for over 50 years. They understand that nature is the ultimate problem solver, so they're dedicated to providing plant-powered formulas to help people live healthier lives. Their herbs can support your health in so many ways. For instance, ginger root and slippery elm bark have both been used for centuries all over the world. Ginger root has traditionally been used to soothe occasional digestive upset and slippery elm bark to soothe the GI tract. St. John's wort, holy basil, and ashwagandha can provide mood and stress support, which is something we can all use in our modern life. I mean, these herbs come from all over the world, but Nature's Way knows where the best ones grow. They test for potency in their state-of-the-art lab, and their scientists are experts in all things herbs. What's on the label is what's in your bottle. And what's in your bottle are the best herbs around. To learn more, visit naturesway.com
3: Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
2: And we're back. And as you might expect, you got to follow the rules of the road when you're in these golf carts. It's not something that should be taken too lightly because you're out there with other normal, I'll call call it normal, but other normal traffic. So you got, you know, big automobiles, cars, trucks, you even bicyclers or, or whatever, but you're out there on the road with everybody else and you have to obey the rules of the road. So The uh, the Villages, I believe, has posted the Golf Cart Rules of the Road online. You can go find these if you'd like to. Uh, Just simply search Golf Cart Rules of the Road Villages and you'll find this. And it really uh, pertains to all low-speed vehicles, which we'll talk about in a minute, and just neighborhood electric vehicles. So what you're allowed to do, what you're not allowed to do. But you have to follow the same traffic laws essentially as all cars do, including any regulatory signs, you know, stop signs, yield signs, all of that, one-way signs. You have to be able to do that. You have to be able to use either a directional, so an arrow, an indicator, left or right turns, or be able to give hand signals when making turns, or I guess and or. And, uh, of course, one thing that probably a lot of people don't realize, if you're going too fast, if you're breaking the laws, you're able to be ticketed in a golf cart, just as you would be able to in a standard automobile. And the citations do carry fines and points on your license just as would driving in an automobile. So you're really kind of required to keep these things up, make sure that they're road legal, make sure that they've got all the safety equipment, make sure that you're obeying the laws and make sure that you're doing everything that you should be doing. Now, one thing that is important here is that these vehicles, these golf carts, I guess, at least in the villages, is that it's a um, it, it's understood that they won't go over 20 miles per hour. So you're not supposed to travel at speeds in excess of 20 miles per hour when you're in a golf cart in these communities or at least in the villages. Now, again, we We've said this a couple times already at this point. You don't have to be a licensed driver, but the driver must be over 14 years of age in order to drive the golf cart. So you can't have your niece or nephew over, and if they're under 14, allow them to drive. It might be fun, you know, to let them let them cruise around a little bit, but uh, and they might want to, but they're just not allowed to. They have to be over 14 years of age to be able to do something like that. Now, here's where we're going to start talking about low-speed vehicles. Now, low-speed vehicles, these are defined as four-wheeled electric vehicles whose top speed is greater than 20 miles per hour, but still less than 25 miles per hour. So a low-speed vehicle can operate on the city streets where the posted speed limit is 35 miles per hour or less, and low-speed vehicles can also cross roads that have a posted speed limit greater than 35 miles per hour. Um, The operator of the the low-speed vehicle has to be a licensed driver, however, so that's that's one difference right there between golf carts and low-speed vehicles. And the low-speed vehicles have to have a registered license plate and be insured. It has to be equipped with at least the following safety equipment in order to be considered street legal. It has to have a seat belt, has to have a windshield, has to have a rearview mirror, horn, headlights, taillights, stop lamps, side reflectors, and a parking brake. And, of course, turn signals are also important, and it does have to have a vehicle identification number. So, just like your car, it has to have a VIN, and the VIN then is a... It, it, associated with that vehicle. I mean, obviously, with the with the licensing and all that, you know, it all has to match up at nighttime or if you're driving in low-light conditions. Of course, if it's going to be street legal, it's important to understand this rule, too, that in order to operate at night or just before sunrise, the golf cart has to be equipped with headlights, brake lights, turn signals, and, of course, the reflective devices, you know, that are on the front and rear of the vehicle and the sides. But the headlights have to be used 30 minutes. This is This is the important part of the rule here. 30 minutes before sunset and 30 minutes after sunrise. The headlights always have to be on when it's inclement weather as well. So if it's raining, headlights always have to be on. That's the law, and that's one of those things that you'll be pulled over for if you're driving around without that. Now, there are specifics, I should say, within these rules about where golf carts can and go, and it, and it lists very specific roads that you're not allowed on uh, because it's, this is specifically for the villages. But in general, low-speed vehicles can be operated on a road whose speed limit is 35 miles per hour or less. And a golf cart can be operated on a state road that has been designated and marked for golf cart use. So you'll see these signs around town. In fact, the the town that I live in, I live in Roswell, Georgia. And recently I've been seeing signs on the side of the road that state that golf carts or low-speed vehicles are allowed to operate on certain roads, considering that they are licensed, insured, they've got the headlights, they've got the turn indicators, all that. Those are legal uses for those. But this 35 mile an hour speed limit or less seems to be real critical in this case. You're not allowed to go on a road that is above 35 simply because you're going to encounter other traffic that is going a lot faster than you would be. And it's tougher for them to have to deal with, I guess, <laughs> for lack of a better way to say it, have to deal with you and in your, in your low speed vehicle. Um, or relatively low-speed vehicle and to get around. So they're not allowed on highways. That's for obvious reasons. And, I mean, we can all understand typical or, or I mean, I guess, uh, safe uses of golf carts or low-speed vehicles in these different communities. Of course, no one's allowed to stand on the vehicle or ride on the back platform. As tempting as it may be, that's another rule in these communities is that you're not allowed to stand on the vehicle you know, where the, at the back where the golf clubs would normally go. And it's it, that's a lot of fun to do if you're out on a golf course, uh, golf course rather. And it's fun to do around your property or maybe even in the neighborhood or whatever. But don't let them catch you doing that out on the main road. That's just not not allowed. It's very very tempting because it it seems like it's built for that. It, I know it's for golf clubs, but man, is it fun to stand on the back of a golf car when it's going? For some reason, I don't know why that is, but it, but it is. It's always fun. And of course, you got to keep your arms and legs in the vehicle at all times, just like when you go to the amusement park and they tell you to keep your hands and feet inside the car. Uh, you got to do the same thing when you're in a golf cart, for safety reasons, of course. Of course, you have to uh, make sure that you're responsible, and this is really the last rule that I want to cover here, I think, but you are responsible for being a safe driver. you got to make sure that you merge responsibly with other vehicles, and you allow them to pass when they need to pass. You allow the other cars right-of-way when they're allowed right-of-way. Now, um, golf carts are always—this is something I didn't know, but in these golf cart communities, golf carts are always— supposed to yield to other vehicle traffic in all cases. So if a standard vehicle and a golf cart are at a situation where they're both trying to get to the same place, golf cart traffic always has to yield to the standard vehicle traffic, which I didn't know up until just when I read this. I would think that it would be the same for everybody, but uh, apparently not. I guess there is kind of a hierarchy, a, a power level there, I guess, that has to be adhered to. And of course, golf carts and low speed vehicles are not permitted to travel on the sidewalks. So they have to be on the roadways just as a normal vehicle would be as well. And you know what? I know this sounds like there's a lot of rules and a lot of regulations and everything and things that you have to do. But once you get your golf cart or, you know, low speed vehicle or whatever ready to go on the road, God, that has got to be so much fun. It just kind of feels like you're not really supposed to be out there doing that, but you're allowed to be out there doing that. And, you know, it's kind of just kind of a cool way to get around town. I've seen a few in my own hometown in this little city that I live in, and uh, it's it's really kind of interesting, and it does turn your head. You know, you think, like, are they supposed to be out here doing that? But it looks like they've got a big smile on their face when they're doing it, and it's a, it's a good time. And if you have any questions about the rules or or anything like that. I know the village is one that does this. I don't know about other communities, like if you were in Sun City or, you know, wherever it happened to Laguna, but I believe that they offer golf cart safety clinics. So if you have questions about rules or how to operate one of these or, you know, just general best practices for golf cart use and travel, you can get those questions answered at these golf cart safety clinics. And I'm sure they offer them several times throughout the year. I don't have a schedule or anything like that of when these are available or who offers them. But it's probably a good idea if you're new to a community like this to just go ahead and check one of those out. You make sure you're not ticking off every other golf cart owner out there by doing something dumb that you don't even know is dumb. You know, make sure that you're you're following the rules of the road. You're not making other drivers angry in any way. Just try to get along with everybody out there. (laughs) So, all right. Now, I promised you that we would talk about golf carts versus low speed vehicles. And that's one thing that we want to do here. A low speed vehicle is not a golf cart. These are two separate things. Now, golf carts are, well, you know what, let's just start off talking about low-speed vehicles. We'll do it that way. Low-speed vehicle is defined by law as a four-wheeled vehicle whose maximum speed falls between 20 and 25 miles per hour. I think we said that earlier. And it has to be operated on a paved road surface, a paved and level surface, really. Now, here's another thing that's interesting. The total weight of all its cargo, fluids, passengers, plus the vehicle itself, is limited to 3,000 pounds. If you look at a low-speed vehicle versus a golf cart, you're going to see that it typically looks more like a car, more like a small truck, something like that. There are some typical uses for low-speed vehicles, not golf carts, that you'll probably find these just about any city that you go into. You're going to see them being used by meter maids. You're going to see campus security using them. Groundskeepers will use these low speed vehicles to do whatever they have to do, maintain the grounds. People use them for hunting. They use them for yard work. It's a pretty common thing now. A lot of places that sell these now are like, you know, the motorsports places that sell motorcycles. They sell snowmobiles depending on where you live, I guess, snowmobiles or these UTVs, uh, you know, the utility vehicles. But you'll find that these low speed vehicles are pretty common now and you can find them just about everywhere. Again, you know, the meter maids tend to use them. Anybody that it has a city job where they're doing a lot of, like, stop-and-go driving. People that need to get in and out of the vehicle quite often, turn it on, turn it off, uh, do small errands, you know, that are, that are on a campus maybe, or a facility that's several acres, you know, that they don't necessarily want them riding bikes across, or, you know, they have to carry something, or, or you know, pe- whether that's people or equipment or, you know, whatever it happens to be, tools, anything like that. It's just a, it's a great use for something like this. Now, low-speed vehicles, of course, they get really good gas mileage, and it would Actually, a lot of cases, they get better gas mileage than even motorcycles in some cases, which is kind of surprising. The reason is because now that they're limited to 3,000 pounds, that means that a lot of low-speed vehicles are made with extremely lightweight materials. So we're, we're talking about carbon fiber, we're talking about fiberglass and materials like that that weigh less than steel would. So that they're not quite the tanks, I guess, that some of these golf carts are. The low-speed vehicles, you'll find, are typically lightweight because they do have to adhere to that 3,000-pound limit, including the passengers and cargo and all that. So, again, ultra-lightweight materials are used in them, which makes them really efficient to use and a good choice for a lot of people. Now, where can you drive these low-speed vehicles? And you could drive them currently. In about 33 states, they're allowed to be on roads where the posted speed limit, again, is 35 or less. And the Insurance Institute for Highway Safety uh, reports that while LSVs are universally street legal by federal law, it's up to each state to regulate LSV activity on its roads. So each state regulates exactly where and when they're allowed to use low-speed vehicles and exactly what that means for each state. And there's a whole list of states where you're limited to 35 miles per hour or less, and some that are even lower. Some are 25, some are 30. There are a couple that will allow it up to 45 miles per hour, which is kind of a surprise. And that's uh, Texas, and I believe Arkansas is another one. I I think it's Arkansas. But I believe there are two states that allow that. And we'll be right back in just a minute. But uh, first, I would like to take a break.
1: If you use paper, you're a human. But if you choose paper, you're a paper Someone who lives a paper-based lifestyle because it has a positive impact on the planet.
0: They're a mainstay in the health and wellness aisle of your favorite store. And Nature's Way women's probiotic pearls are the easiest way to introduce a probiotic into your routine. I mean, they're just what they sound like. Adorable little pearls that couldn't be easier to take. But they still pack that probiotic punch. Each tiny pearl has 1 billion active cultures and protect against occasional bloating, constipation, and digestive discomfort. And they actually support both digestive and vaginal health, so that's a win-win. And according to my little fact sheet here, they're designed with a triple-layer coating that protects each pearl from stomach acid, so they can make it all the way to your small intestine where they're needed most. You probably didn't think we'd be talking about the small intestine today, did you? Well, digestive health is kind of important. If you know, you know. To learn more about Nature's Way Women's Probiotic Pearls and how they can fit into your routine, visit naturesway.com.
3: Get emotional with me, Radhi Devlukia, in my new podcast, A Really Good Cry. We're going to talk about and go through all the things that are sometimes difficult to process alone. We're going to go over how to regulate your emotions, diving deep into holistic personal development, and just building your mindset to have a happier, healthier life. Emotions. Never forget, it's okay to cry as long as you make it a really good one. Listen to A Really Good Cry with Rathi Devlukia on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
2: And once again, we are back, and you're listening to Car Stuff, and I'm Scott Benjamin. Now, Safety is another thing that we really haven't talked about, and here's kind of the, the bad news, I guess, the the, uh, the bad news for people that are interested in getting an LSV for street legal use. They are not the safest vehicles out there on the road, as you, would, you might be able to guess. I mean, they're probably a little safer than motorcycles might be because you've got some kind of structure around you, but it's very important to understand that they're not required to meet the safety standards that passenger cars have to adhere to. So even though you're out there on the road with other passenger vehicles that are equipped with things like airbags and crash protection of all kinds, you know, like a roll cage or whatever it happens to be just the steel structure around you or the uh the structure that keeps you safe when you're in a collision low-speed vehicles and of course golf carts really don't have to adhere to any of those so you can get a license you can have it out on the street for regular use but understand that you are not going to be as well protected as you would be in an automobile of any kind really that that has to adhere to these you know the, the national traffic standards the national highway traffic standards a lot of reasons that you would want to. You might think, well, okay, well, why would I even want to drive one anyway? I mean, of course, there's the ease and the convenience and efficiency and all that. But uh, like I said before, it's just kind of a, kind of a cool thing to get around town in. Really, I mean, it's kind of a fun vehicle to own. And if you've never been in a golf cart, I mean, if you've you've probably done it on a golf course. If you don't own one for your own personal property, if you don't have like a, an estate that you like to drive around on or something, um, you've probably driven in a golf cart or ridden in a golf cart and. It's a lot of fun. There's just something to it. I don't know what it is, but when you when you get in, you turn the key and it's it's of course it's electric and it just goes instantly, you know, it's it's got a lot of power surprisingly for, you know, the little vehicle that it is. It's just it's just a fun vehicle to get around in and there's kind of like a I don't know, they call it in this article that I'm reading here, they they call it an undeniable cool factor and I don't know about cool. But, uh, but it is a lot of fun. It's just a, it's a fun vehicle to own and drive. And we've talked about golf carts and LSVs here a little bit. And I guess maybe we should describe what is different about a golf cart versus a low-speed vehicle because we just went through the low-speed vehicle. Golf carts are uh, typically under 20 miles per hour, so they're not really going all that fast. They do have a lower price than a low-speed vehicle will. So you can get a golf cart a little bit cheaper. The, <laughs> if you, you want to put it this way, I guess, they're even less street legal right from the beginning. So if you buy a golf cart from the factory, you know, and you're not buying one secondhand, you're not buying one used at, you know, a golf cart dealership or whatever in one of these communities, you're typically going to find that a golf cart is not street legal right from the factory you'll find that most of them just don't have the headlights the tail lamps the turn signals you know the windshield all that that you really need to have in order to be street legal vehicle so you can go to places trying to think of where there's a, a few sites online that you can go to i'm not going to endorse anyone in particular but for around i think i've seen the price as low as about 500 dollars you can take a golf cart from the factory and make it street legal and that's just a ballpark price but that's about what it takes to get Everything put on your golf cart that would make it allowed to to be driven on some of these smaller city streets in these communities. But again, it's very rare to find one from the factory or even actually at a dealership. Most places won't do it because they don't know what the intended use for it is. Or, you know, if it's brought in, it's going to be a secondhand golf cart. I, I'm sure it's possible to find one that is generally street legal, or you know, you might have to update a little bit to make it legal for your locale wherever that happens to be but again local laws exist that make golf carts street legal during certain hours on certain roads and it's very specific so you got to really pay attention to these laws and rules and understand that you can be fined you can be ticketed uh, just as anyone else would in a car low-speed vehicles are typically built a little bit safer than golf carts in general golf carts are a little bit more open there's just not as much structure to them low-speed vehicles tend to have a little bit more of that even though we talked about how they're not really up to the federal safety crash standards Golf carts are completely, I mean, they're just, they're not at all. I mean, there's nothing to them at all, really, for safety, because they just weren't intended ever to be on city streets, and that's kind of the use for them in a lot of cases now. But, uh, so if you get into a traffic accident, you're going to have to understand that it's going to be a little bit more severe than if you were just in a a standard vehicle and got bumped from behind or whatever the case may be. It's going to be a little bit more harsh on you and the vehicle itself, so understand that now I guess just overall let's just kind of go through the list of differences and what's legal what's not legal and kind of wrap it up with that because I think I'm just about done with this again I always intend these podcasts to be just kind of a starting point a jumping off point for you to kind of you know look into what you uh you know what you're interested in so if there's one little part of this that you're interested in if you're interested in maybe low-speed vehicles or golf carts or you want to find out about customization to golf carts just go online check all this stuff out but the main differences that I want to point out before we go here are the differences between golf carts and low-speed vehicles. And uh, and we'll kind of leave it at that. I'd love to have people write in and tell me that, that they live in a golf cart community or they have a low-speed vehicle that they use in their non-golf cart community that has kind of over the years sort of allowed it on certain streets and, you know, maybe in a historic district in that part of the city or whatever. I just love to hear stories like that because, I don't know, it just seems like it's a fun way to get around and it's just an interesting, I don't know, I, I don't know if I can call it a hobby or not really. It's just, uh, um, it's... Kind of a way of life for a lot of people, really, at this point. So yeah, maybe it is a hobby. I don't know. Maybe write to me and tell me that too. If you have a golf cart or a low speed vehicle hobby, I'd like to I'd like to know about that. So here are the, the main physical differences between golf carts and lsvs and uh, again we're, we're going to leave it at this but speed again golf carts can travel up to 20 miles per hour but low speed vehicles can travel up to about 25 give or take many people modify those things to go a lot faster than that so uh, there's ways around that you don't have to govern it down to 25 not that i'm condoning that but we're uh, recommending that but uh, it, but it happens we know it happens safety uh okay LSVs do have, you know, additional safety standards. The golf carts do not, but again, the whole federal safety standards... Thing doesn't apply to them as it does to automobiles. So be careful when you're out there on the roads. Make sure that you're uh, you're following the rules and everything should be okay, but just be wary. Just understand that it's not a simple matter of just a, a bumper-to-bumper collision when you get hit in one of these things. It's a little bit more harsh. It can be, I should say. Price, that's another important thing. Golf carts, again, tend to be a few thousand dollars cheaper than low-speed vehicles do. So it's definitely a more economical choice, but there's pros and cons to each. You should probably look up a, a list of golf cart pros, golf cart cons, you know, low-speed vehicle pros, cons, that kind of thing. And, and see which one is really the best fit for your needs. Of course, the law is really important, so you got to remember the legal driving age, and that's 14 in a lot of these communities. I believe the villages is 14. Again, you don't have to be a licensed driver in order to do one, but as always, I'm going to tell you this every time, check your local laws to make sure that you're not violating anything, any of those. Don't, don't go by my word. Make sure you check out the local laws to get all the information you need before you attempt to drive one of these on the streets. Of course, the legality issue, most states are allowing these low-speed vehicles on public roads at this point. Street-legal golf carts are allowed as well, but factory stock golf carts generally are not allowed to be out on the road. You can't just drive it from the golf course right onto the road and expect it to be legal. Or if you have one that, you know, you use around your property there, if you have a couple acres or whatever, you can't just generally jump on the road and go. You have to make sure that you are making that thing street-legal, make sure that you're following the rules that are in effect for your community and make sure that you're adhering to everything else. Because you don't want to get a ticket and you feel kind of like a fool if you get pulled over, I think, on a golf cart by the police. <laughs> the last thing is that in you know, golf carts, typically when you buy them, they tend to have less street legal parts on them. So if you're going to buy one, understand that you are going to have to modify it. You are going to have to invest some money in it uh, to get it ready. These low-speed vehicles, typically have that stuff already in place so even though you know there's a cost difference that we've mentioned golf carts are a little cheaper to begin with you know if you're buying from the factory or even a dealership uh, you'll find that you are going to have to invest some money in a golf cart versus a low-speed vehicle in order to make it street legal and with that i mean i think we've covered this stuff probably more than you ever wanted to know about golf carts and low speed vehicles if you were even interested at all i I guess if you're still listening at this point you were at least a little bit interested in them as i am and uh I, i don't know if it's really for me i don't i'm on the fence about this i've vacationed a lot in some of these communities in Florida and, you know, around the Gulf Coast. And I don't know. I mean, it's interesting to see. I don't know if it could be something that I would be interested in changing my lifestyle to accommodate a golf cart in my life, I guess, and being able to go to all these places on a golf cart. Although it'd be fun. I just don't know if I could adapt enough to it. I love my car too much. I love being on the open road. I love going fast. I love, I guess, the safety that an automobile affords, all the, the convenience features. And I know that some of these, they get pretty fancy. Some of them you could add on tens of thousands of dollars of options. I mean, and it does get expensive. If you go to the, the customization sites that I've mentioned or any of them, you'll find that the accessories are very, very expensive, but you can get just about anything you can in a car on these is, of course, you don't have to add it on, though. And you're, you're giving up the speed, you're giving up the ability to take it off the property you know, to go onto the open road, to take a long road trip in, if this is your only vehicle. In most cases, a lot of people have both vehicles, a standard vehicle and one of these. So that seems like a decent way to handle it. But I don't know if I could make the lifestyle change that's necessary to live in a community like this. It's fun to visit. It's fun to, uh, you know, to be part of it. It's fun to see it. And it's interesting if you go at, you know, a time of the year you know, Memorial Day or or maybe Fourth of July or something like that when they have a, a parade or something like that. It's fun to see and it's interesting, but I just don't know if it's really something that I want just yet in my life. Maybe later, maybe as I grow older, I'll, I'll want something like that. But uh, I'd love to hear everybody's thoughts and opinions on this. And I want people to write in and tell me, you know, your experiences with golf cart communities. And if you have this as a hobby or if you're a uh, Someone who likes to customize golf carts or low-speed vehicles or you sell them or, you know, whatever. I'd like to just know your association with these. And you could do that. You can contact us in a lot of different ways. We're on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram where we are CarStuffHSW at all of those. And uh, the other way, if you want to email us, and I would be happy to read your email, maybe even on there. Who knows? Um, as we start to get more email uh, here for the show, our website is carstuffshow.com that's where you can find all of our archives all of our previous episodes there's something like 900 episodes there so just about something for everyone really I, i promise you we've going all the way back to around 2008 if you don't find what you want there you can write in and suggest something to us we'd always be happy to uh to get some suggestions from listeners so we always look for that and uh again thank you for listening today i really appreciate it we'll be back again next week with another show thanks Car Stuff is a production of iHeartRadio's How Stuff Works. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early, so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts, so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus... You can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click com, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who
1: get
3: it done.
0: What's up, y'all? Janice Torres here.
2: And I'm Austin Hankwitz.
0: We're the hosts of Mind the Business, small business success stories, a podcast presented by iHeartRadio's Ruby Studios and Intuit QuickBooks.